The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham, adapted by Bart Meehan, directed by Tony Turner, with original music by Glenn Gore Phillips. The cast includes Nicky Hunter as the narrator, Elaine Noon as Mole, Geoffrey Borney as Ratty, Tony Turner as Toad, Graham Robertson as Badger, Nigel Palfreyman as Otter, Lainey Hart as the jailer's daughter and the bargewoman, and Neil MacLeod as the magistrate, the engine driver and the gypsy. The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham A Paper Moon Theatre production in association with Artsound FM Episode 4 Mr Badger Mole and Ratty waited patiently for what seemed a very long time, stamping in the snow to keep their feet warm. At last they heard the sound of slow, shuffling footsteps approaching the door from the inside. It sounds like someone walking in carpet slippers that are too big for him. I dare say they are. <laughs> Badger's not one to worry about things like that. The very next time this happens, I shall be exceedingly angry. Who is it this time? Disturbing people on such a night. Oh, speak up. Oh, Badger, let us in, please. It's me, Ratty, and my friend Mole, and we've lost our way in the snow. What? (laughs) Oh, Ratty, my dear little man. Oh, come along in, both of you, at once. Why? You must be perished. Well, I never. Lost in the snow. And in the wild wood, too. And at this time of night. I'll come in with you. The two animals tumbled over each other in their eagerness to get inside and heard the door shut behind them with great joy and relief. Badger who wore a long dressing gown and whose slippers were indeed very down at heel, looked kindly down on them and patted both their heads. (laughs) This is not the sort of night for small animals to be out, I'm afraid. You've been up to some of your pranks again, Ratty. But come along. Come into the kitchen. There's a first-rate fire there and supper and everything. Thank you, old chap. Just the job. Yes, thank you, Mr Badger. We are so cold and hungry. Badger shuffled on in front of them, carrying a candle in his paw until they entered the kitchen. The floor was well-worn red brick and on the wide hearth burnt a fire of logs between two attractive chimney corners tucked away in the wall. In the middle of the room stood a long table and at one end of it, where an armchair stood pushed back, were spread the remains of the badger's plain but ample supper. Sit down. Sit down and have some supper. Oh, yes, please. Very kind, very kind. Now then, tell me the news from your part of the world. How's old Toad going on? No, from bad to worse. 
another smash-up only last week and, and a bad one. You see, he will insist on driving himself and he's hopelessly incapable. If he'd only employ a decent, steady, well-trained animal, pay him good wages and leave everything to him, he'd get on all right. But no, he's convinced he's a heaven-born driver and nobody can teach him anything. And all the rest follows. How many has he had? Smashes or machines. Oh, I suppose it's the same thing with Toad. <laughs> this is the seventh. As for the others, you know that coach house of his? Well, it's piled up, literally piled up to the roof with fragments of motor cars, none of them bigger than your hat. That accounts for the other six, <laughs> so far as they can be accounted for. <laughs> He's been in hospital three times, and as for the fines he's had to pay, it's simply awful to think of. Yeah, that's part of the trouble. Toad's rich, as we all know, but he's not a millionaire. And he's a hopelessly bad driver, and quite regardless of law and order. Killed or ruined, it's got to be one of the two things, sooner or later. Badger, we're friends. Oughtn't we to do something? Well, I suppose we should, but of course, you you know I can't do anything now. Ratty nodded, quite understanding his point. No animal, according to the rules of animal etiquette, is ever expected to do anything strenuous or heroic or even moderately active during the off-season of winter. All are sleepy, some actually asleep. All are weather-bound, more or less, and all are resting from arduous days and nights, during which every muscle in them has been severely tested. But when once the year has really turned and the nights are shorter, well, then we, that is, you and me and our friend the Mole here, will take Toad seriously in hand. We'll stand no nonsense whatever. We'll bring him back to reason, by force if need be. We'll make him a, be a sensible toad. Oh, wake up. What? You were asleep, Rat. I wasn't. You were, Ratty. You've fallen asleep three times over supper. Well, I suppose it is time we're all in bed. Come along, you two. I'll show you to your rooms and, and look, and take your time tomorrow morning. Breakfast at any hour you please. In accordance with the kindly badger's instruction, the two refreshed animals came down very late next morning. Badger had made them breakfast and then said he was going to the study and under no circumstances should he be disturbed. The explanation, of course, was thoroughly understood by Mole and Ratty. They knew that Badger, having eaten a hearty meal before them, wanted to retire to his study and settle himself in an armchair with his legs up. While they ate, the doorbell clanged loudly and Ratty, very greasy with buttered toast, went to answer it. Otter! Thought I'd find you here. They're all in a great state of alarm along the riverbank when I arrived this morning. 
Rat never been home last night, nor Mole either. Something dreadful must have happened, they said, and the snow had covered up all your tracks, of course. But I knew that when people were in any fix, they mostly went to Badger, or else Badger got to know of it somehow. So I came straight here, through the wild wood and the snow. Yeah, come in, come in. It's still cold outside. Thank you. Hello, Mole. Hello, Otter. Would you like some toast and jam? Well, if you insist. Very kind of you. Is there some tea there as well? Wonderful. Where was I? Ah, yes. It was fine coming through the snow as the sun was rising, but as you went along in the stillness, every now and then, masses of snow slid off the branches suddenly with a flop, making you jump and run for cover. About halfway across, I came on a rabbit sitting on a stump, cleaning his silly face with his paws. He was a pretty scared animal when I crept up behind him and placed a heavy paw on his shoulder. I had to cuff his head once or twice to get any sense out of it at all. At last I managed to extract from him that he'd seen Mole in the wild wood last night and was in a bad fix. I was. I'd lost my way. Is there any more toast? And some butter? And yes, jam. Wonderful. Anyway, where was I? The rabbit. Oh yeah. Well then he told me they were up and out hunting and chivying you round and round. Then why didn't any of you do anything? I asked. You may not be blessed with brains, but there are hundreds and hundreds of you. Big stout fellows, fat as butter and your burrows running in all directions. And you could have taken him in and made him safe and comfortable. What, us? The rabbit said. Do something. So I cuffed him again and left. There was nothing else to be done, at any rate. Weren't you at all, um, nervous? Nervous? I'd give him nervous any of them tried anything on me. Here, Mole, fry some slices of ham, like a good little chap you are. Toast and jam are fine, but I'm frightfully hungry and I've got lots to say to Ratty here. So the good-natured Mole, having cut some slices of ham, fried it up while Otter and Ratty, their heads together, eagerly talked river shop, which is long shop and talk that is endless, running on like the babbling river itself. A plate of fried ham had just been cleared and sent back for more when Badger entered, yawning and rubbing his eyes, and greeted them all in his quiet, simple way, with kind inquiries for everyone. <sighs> oh, it must be getting on for lunchtime. Better stop and, and have it with us, Arthur. You must be hungry. After lunch, when Ratty and Otter had settled themselves into the chimney corner and had started a heated argument on the subject of eels, Badger lit a lantern and bade Mole follow him. Crossing the hall, they passed down one of the principal tunnels and the wavering light of the lantern gave glimpses on either side of rooms both large and small, some mere cupboards, others nearly as broad and imposing as Toad's dining hall. A narrow passage at right angles led them into another corridor and here the same thing was repeated. Mole was staggered at the size of it all, at the length of the dim passages, the solid vaultings of the crammed store chambers, the masonry everywhere, 
the pillars, the arches, the pavements. How on earth did you ever find time and strength to do all this, Mr. Badger? It's astonishing. It would be astonishing indeed if I had done it. But as a matter of fact, I did none of it. Only cleaned out the passages and chambers as far as I had need of them. There's lots more of it all around about. I don't understand. If you didn't do it, who did? Uh, let me explain, my young friend. A long time ago, uh, on this spot in the Wildwood, even before it was planted, there was a city. A city of people, you know. Here, where we are standing, they lived and walked and talked and slept and carried on their business. Here, they stabled their horses and feasted. From here, they rode out to fight or drove out to trade. They were a powerful people and rich and great builders. They built to last, for they thought their city would last forever. But what has become of them all? Mm, who can tell? People come, they stay for a while, they flourish, they build, and they go. <laughs> it is their way. But we animals remain. There were badgers here long before the city ever came to be. And now there are badgers here again. We are an enduring lot. And we may move out for a time, but we wait and are patient. And back we come. And so it will never be. When they went at last, those people... What happened? When they went, the strong winds and persistent rains took the matter in hand, patiently, ceaselessly, year after year. Perhaps we badgers, too, in a small way, helped a little. Well, who knows? It was all down, 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 gradually. Ruin and levelling and disappearance. Then it was all up, 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 gradually, as seeds grew to saplings and saplings to forest trees, and bramble and fern came creeping in to help. Leaf mould rose and obliterated. Streams brought sand and soil to clog and to cover. And in course of time, our home was ready for us again, and we moved in. Up above on the surface, the same thing happened. Animals arrived, liked the look of the place, took up their quarters, settled down, spread and flourished. They didn't bother themselves about the past. They never do. <laughs> They're too busy. And they don't bother about the future either. The future when perhaps the people will move in again. The Wildwood is pretty well populated now, with all the usual lot, good, bad, and indifferent. Ah, I, I name no names. It takes all sorts to make a world. But I fancy you know something about that yourself, after your adventure. Oh, I do indeed. Well, it was your first experience of them. They're not so bad, really. And we must all live and let live. But I'll pass the word around tomorrow and I think you'll have no further trouble. 
Any friend of mine walks where he likes in this country, or I'll know the reason why. When they got back to the kitchen again, they found Ratty walking up and down, very restless. The underground atmosphere was oppressing him and getting on his nerves, and he seemed really to be afraid that the river would run away if he wasn't there to look after it. Oh, come along, Moly. We must get off while it's daylight. I don't want to spend another night in the wild wood again. It'll be all right, my fine fella. I'm coming along with you, and I know every path blindfold. And if there's a head that needs to be punched, you can confidently rely upon me to punch it. You really needn't fret, Ratty. My passages run farther than you think, and I bolt holes to the edge of the wood in several directions. Though I don't care for everybody to know about them. When you really have to go, you shall leave by one of my shortcuts. Ratty was nevertheless still anxious to be off and attend to his river. So Badger, taking up his lantern again, led the way along a damp and airless tunnel that wound and dipped for a weary distance that seemed to be miles. At last, daylight began to show itself through tangled growth overhanging the mouth of the passage. They found themselves standing on the very edge of the wood. Rocks and brambles and tree roots behind them confusedly heaped and tangled. In front, a great space of quiet fields, hemmed by lines of hedges black on the snow, and far ahead, a glint of the familiar old river. Well, goodbye then. Remember, when winter's over, we'll confront our friend Toad. Goodbye, Mr Badger. Thank you again for all your... Oh, he's gone. Strange chap, that badger. Always has been. Full of odd habits. Good company, though. Come on. We can't dilly-dally all day. We have to get back to the river. And with that, Otto, who indeed knew all the paths, took charge of the party and led them into familiar lands. Mm -hmm.